Hey, bumper away. Hey, this is Michael O'Neill from the Solopreneur Hour podcast, and you are listening to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith. Listen up. Woo! That was awesome. Thank you. Cool, man. Cool, man. Are you ready to thoughtfully steer away from your revved up, frenzied, and far too often scripted life? Then welcome to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith, where he guides you down the road differently traveled by sharing unique experiences with guests who have managed to shift away from a life stuck on cruise control and veered their way into a more authentic and fulfilling one in all sorts of interesting and kind of remarkable ways. Get ready to Vroom Vroom Veer with your differently traveled road chauffeur, Jeff Smith. Hello, Dr. Thomas Retcher. Thank you so much for being on Vroom Vroom Veer. How's it going? Good. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, all right. Yeah, I was on your show, or I, sorry, I will be on your show. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. And you are you're launching your new podcast on the 1st of November, and that's called The Positivity Effect. Did I get that right? You did. Yes. Actually, well... Recently, we just changed it up. We're going to be dropping it on the 8th uh, just okay. because there was a few things that we're kind of fixing with the website and the back end. We want to have it all nice and tight and tied up perfect you know, for everybody. That so. works. That's okay. Yeah. It's your thing. So launch it right, right? Yeah, it's going to be good. We're really, really excited about it, you know, spreading that uh, positivity in the world. So what is the, uh, the website for that podcast? The website is www.positivityeffect.com positivityeffect.com that's perfect yeah, yeah. I, I knew you had another one i wanted to make sure i got that right <laughs> yes yeah, and yeah trust me i know how that goes with uh with <laughs> developing a new thing for online stuff it goes through many iterations so many right it's like it's a constant chaos but you just you start to love the chaos there you go it's beautiful that's beautiful okay so um let's talk a little bit about you now so sure. you are uh, an audiologist if i say I that right all right and uh, and now you've got your new podcast going on, but let's talk a little bit about how you got there, because uh, you know I, I think it's kind of fascinating to talk about your stories, you know. Sure, and, um, absolutely. Yeah, and how how you got onto this path. So when did you uh, when did you start formulating this plan to become this this Doctor Thomas, Doctor Tom? All right. So it goes back uh, to college. I started, you know, my undergraduate degree in 2006. And, you know, it was like most college students, you get to school and you're like, what am I going to do? Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where am I starting out? You know? Right. And uh, I had a, a talk with, uh, you know, a close family member and they said, you know, listen, if you're not sure what you want to do, it's really good to just get started in business because you can do so many different things. So, and if you're going to get started in business, you should try accounting because uh, it's really, you know, this it's really the principles of so many things. You know, understanding the the um, language of money. Okay. So I said, okay, let me you know, let me check it out. It was kind of I was very impressionable at the time, and you know, it's it, it's nothing about you know if. It's, it works for some person, but it doesn't always work for the other person, you know? Sure. But I said, let me, let me try it out. So I went through two years of undergrad and had some classes and took some business classes. And I remember, let's see, it was my freshman, it was my junior year. Uh, no, actually, I'm, I'm sorry. It was, it was the end of my sophomore year. And I remember sitting there in like my second 
uh, year of accounting or the second class, you know, as it progressed. And I think we were talking about like managerial accounting. I forget what, you know, but it was one of those classes if where it was, I'm sure, all good and well, very interesting information, but I just started kind of like drifting, you know? Okay. Yes. I've been in those classes. Just, yeah, it was, <laughs> it, the mind was drifting. And I was like, I remember how I had this like epiphany moment where I just sat there and I'm like, whoa, this isn't for me. I'm like, this, you know, I, I just kind of snapped out of it. And I, I literally got up out of the class and I left the class. Wow. And at the time I was, and actually continued working there for a while, but at the time I was working at a bank okay. and I was, um, actually I was the record retention coordinator. Uh, and what I, what that was really was just, uh, you know, I'd help, uh, coordinate moving records around the bank. You know, if a teller or somebody needed records, I would help them, uh, you know, coordinate that. So whatever, it was a great job while I was at co- while I was in college. It, it was very flexible, and I remember going to work the next day before my classes because again, it, I was very they they worked around my schedule. And I remember just jumping online. It was funny. I'm at work looking at you know looking for jobs, <laughs> <laughs> you know, researching things. Okay, and uh, I just started. Done that. I've done. Yeah, that. of course. Yeah, yeah and I'm sure. like I'm thinking about. It. I'm like, all right, I gotta you know I gotta I'm not going to my next accounting class. I gotta rework this. I got to think about, you know, a new direction because it's, it's not working for me. At least for me, I just don't feel right. You know, I was having like panic attacks in like my marketing class. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. And you had that numb brain feeling like, get me the hell out of here. What's going on? Yeah, I've been there. Yes, yes yeah. I can totally relate. You know, and I'm thinking of like my student loans, you know, <laughs> everything's adding up. So I'm like, all right, let me make a decision quickly so I don't, you know, go down too far down the wrong path. So I'm like, what do I love? What do I love doing? You know, I love playing music. Uh, I've always played drums. I played guitar through high school. That's cool. And yeah, and, and um, so I said, but I love helping people too. And, I, and I've always had like an interest in jumping into something in the medical field, but I wasn't really sure how. So what I came across, you know, through my research online was like, it was the field of speech language pathology. Right. Okay. And that's, yeah, that's helping people with speech disorders. So I said, this is great. I love singing. I love music. It's helping people with their voice, it's, it's the medical industry, it's, it's, it seems like the perfect fit for me. So that's where I went, right into my junior year, I, I jumped into speech-language pathology, and through that, you know, long story short, I had to take some audiology courses, Okay. and I uncovered that I had a hearing, a very, not a little slight, it was a slight high-frequency hearing loss, as we call it. Interesting. Uh, yeah, from all the music that I played throughout the years. Okay. And I was like, th- and what I really liked about audiology, and I think it's a guy thing too, it's just very concrete. Right. I think guys, we like things very concrete. So what I was able to do was understand the class. And all the classes, everything just made sense to me. And that's how I knew this is, this is it. I, I want to be an audiologist. I want to help diagnose, identify hearing loss, you know, diagnose it, treat it, and help people recu- you know, recuperate their hearing in terms of so they can be better communicators with their family and their loved ones you know, and their friends. And I thought this is great. And that's where I, you know, I took down the path of being an audiologist. That's pretty fascinating because I was about to say, wait a minute, wait a minute, speech, speech pathology is something different, right? Because you would have been, you would have, uh, if you would have gone down that path, you would have been helping like kids in schools. Right? Kids in schools also, um, you know, because I did take a lot of actual, a lot of my undergrad degree is in speech language, uh, speech language pathology. So I had to do a lot of observation hours and, uh, you know, I I watched a lot of uh, stroke victims that were getting right, right, lost. Right. You know, it's called aphasia, language aphasia, and I would watch them get their language rehabilitated. One incredible story: there was a gentleman he had spoken seven languages before his stroke. Wow! 
seven languages. Yeah, like very well traveled, just an incredible guy. I think he was even a professor. Had a severe stroke, and he could barely speak English. It was it was really it was heartbreaking, you know. But he was he'd come in every week to his class, and he was so determined, you know, to start working through it. And he would have this book with him that he would just basically it had like his thoughts written down on paper. So because you know it was so his thoughts were so jumbled, you know, from the aphasia, right? That he would have to use this book to kind of as he was talking to the you know the SLP as we put it. He'd have to point and you know use different phrases from the book, and that's how he was able to get through his thoughts. So it was really interesting watching wow. that. But yeah. but with SLP, you know, it's very difficult, um, at least for me, because it's 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 very open ended. It's hard to see someone go through the results. Uh, where I found with audiology it was much more concrete in tracking. You know, you identify hearing loss, you treat it with hearing aids, and then you rehabilitate them and get them uh, hearing better. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah, an interesting story. Yeah, through please. That. Yeah, I, I met my fiance uh, because I had to basically take a language when I switched. When I was in business, I didn't have to take a language. Okay. And when I switched, I met my fiance. She, um, we met in Spanish class, and you know, we were like, let's let's study for finals. So we, uh, you know, we went down. We were studying for the finals, and it was one of those like we were just like, ah, let's just talk. You know, we didn't even, didn't even get into the studying. You know, we just chat. <laughs> Right. Yeah. So she's like, so what are you going to school for? And this was now. Yeah, this was my junior year. I had already made the concrete decision in my head that I was going to be an audiologist. Okay. Uh, you know, the accounting's out the window. The SLP was out the window. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to be an audiologist. I'm going to, you know, help people rehabilitate their hearing. And she goes, get out of here. My parents are deaf. Wow. And that's yeah. And like <laughs> seven cow. years later, you know, we have an incredible relationship. Yeah. Um, I'm so understanding of that side of her family, you know, and we're very, um, you know, it's just a wonderful relationship. Uh, and it was just amazing. Now I made that turn or that pivot in my life and that's, you know, where it led me down that road. Wow. That was like three big veers, really. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You, you start rooming down the road of accounting and then you go, uh, this is making my brain numb. Okay. I got to find something else. And then you got a little bit closer with the SLP, the speech language pathology, but then you've really found the, the thing that made your heart sing basically with the yes. ideology. Right. Yeah, That's absolutely. Amazing. Yeah. And this is, this is interesting because, uh, the last time we talked, I think it was after the show, I told you that, um, I want to say like maybe somewhere around 2004, 2005, I started noticing this sort of like little like hearing thing with me, right? And you, yes, diagnosed, you diagnosed it like in three seconds or something because <laughs> I thought it was maybe like uh, tinnitus. Uh, right. but then you said, but then you, you don't hear any ringing. So it's not that. And I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. And then, so my thing was, was, um, I don't hear, I can't understand speech well with interference. And you said that was a, sounded like something like what you have too. You said it yes, was a yeah. high frequency high, hearing, high loss. frequency hearing loss. Yeah. And it's very common. Uh, just as we, you know, throughout life, uh, all different uh, factors can go into it. You know, you can't, you could put two people in the same room, same age, and one person will have the hearing loss, one won't. You know, you could put them where they both went to, like, clubs their whole life for 30 years. Right. And, like, you know, or you know they were both drummers, like, you know, Lars from Metallica. Mm -hmm. And what, one guy had, <laughs> one high, yeah, one guy had hearing loss. Love and Metallica. The other, yeah, great band. And the other one didn't, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, so definitely 
having that high frequency hearing loss can affect uh, hearing and background noise because the, the background noise just basically masks that, that small ability that you do have left to hear the, the soft consonants. And that's really, consonants yeah. are what give meaning to yeah. words. The, yeah, the yeah. you know. Right, right, did right. I, did, yeah. I, did I say ship or t tip right right I mean, that's yeah, yeah. well you know and then the additional challenge on my part is is my wife's japanese so english is her second language so yeah, it's already yeah. a bit of a struggle <laughs> and yeah, a whole different system of you know right, consonants and right. how it's pr yeah, and pronounced I, and i you know I've, we've been married 20 years so my ear and brain is attuned to you know understand what she's saying and we've got a little japlish going on you know so there's all that but still you know if the sink's running and you're right next to me forget it <laughs> right right you might as well be talking with a, a, a mouthful of marbles yeah exactly <laughs> yeah so you know, we're talking about veers and then, you know, some crazy stuff happened where, you know, I, I knew I wanted to be an audiologist, right? So now I'm going through school. Uh, you know, I met this fine lady and... And you're still in your life. undergrad time now, still, right? still in undergrad, right. Okay. And then I knew, you know, I had to go... Basically, if you're going to become an audiologist, you have to get your doctorate. So I knew, okay, I have to go to grad school. It's going to be another four years and a lot of money. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, so I was like, all right. So I, I signed on for that. And it was a great program. Went through it. And to, kind of towards my third year, I kind of started feeling, you know, I'm going to do this, but I, I was getting the entrepreneurial bug. I wanted to have my own practice. But I was like, all right, how is this going to play out? Am I going to go work somewhere for a few years? Am I going to, you know, am I going to try to do both at the same time? So there's, these thoughts started surfacing as I started going through the grad program. Right. And a close friend of mine, uh, who I, he's actually my chiropractor. He uh, became, I actually, I've been friends with him for about 10 plus years now. And I actually, I, the reason I started going to him was because I injured myself playing hockey, just like a knee injury. It wasn't anything serious, but went in and then, you know, I realized chiropractic work is actually very beneficial for us, even when we're feeling good. So I would continue to go in and get adjustments and everything. Right. And we just kind of started being friends. You know, we were just chatting, you know, in the, uh, in the room and everything and, we started like mountain biking together. It was really cool. We became buddies. And uh, just through those talks, we would talk about his practice and he would ask about what I was doing. And he was always a very motivated guy. Always. Just, uh, he was one of those individuals I like to say that like, he would tap dance to work, you know? Yeah. Just would wake up and just love what he was doing. Even if there was ups and downs in his day, he just loved going to work and, and helping people, uh, you know, heal through their, you know, by healing, uh, working with chiropractic, you know, doing chiropractic work. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, that's a great yeah. that's a great place to be when you love yeah. your job, yeah. Absolutely. So he he started, you know, we started talking about like positive thinking, positive mindset and okay. and uh, you know, we so he said, you know, are you thinking what are you thinking to do when you get out of school? And I was like, I, you know, I don't know. It was it was still very, you know, naive and young. I wasn't sure what I was doing. So we we talked and then like I just one day I had I, I worked up the nerve to ask him about, "Hey, I, I want to open up a practice. What do you think? Or what do you how can I do this or what and he just basically said, he's like, let me help you. Let's, let's do this together. I'll help you open it. And that's what we did. And, you know, before we actually opened it, excuse me, <clears throat> excuse me, before we opened it, we went to a uh, Tony Robbins seminar. Oh, cool. And yeah, it was like Tony three Robbins. days. He's awesome. Yeah. Incredible. And yeah. we went, you know, all I, every time I mention it or somebody mentions it, it's like almost like from the, the NLP, the Neuro Linguistic Programming, like I just get goosebumps. That's how well that guy programmed these thoughts into my head for those three days I was at his seminar. It's like, sure. 
incredible. And, you know, all I remember is just, just jumping on chairs, high-fiving people, hugging people I never met before, yeah. walking on, on hot coals. It was like everything you needed to just basically, if you were going to make a decision, that got, got me to make the decision. So I was like, that's it. I'm opening the practice. So that's what I did right out of school. Graduated with my doctorate in 2014. And I've been open for a year in, since September. It's been great. Wow. That's amazing. So, yeah, it's been wonderful. And that's why now that's where this podcast is coming out. I want to share these thoughts and connect with people like yourself and just talk about positive thinking, positive mindset. Even though you know, there's so many ups and downs that come across our lives, it's good to talk about it. Yeah, let's, let's get on the topic of positivity, generally speaking, because there's so much to it. Um, and I'm going to run a couple of things by you. Now, I am uh, I'm a Gen Xer. I'm a little bit older than you. I'm 46. Um, and so I, I guess I'm a, is it millennial, right? Is that how, well, that how old are you? You're in your 30s, 20, 27, 27, almost 30. Yeah. So technically you're, you're, um, you're a millennial. Uh-huh. So, but you know, and, and the only reason I bring that up is because one of my other guests, uh, Loretta Bruning, she's a PhD and, um, she talks about brain chemistry and uh, and then behavior in humans and 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 as compared to uh, other mammals in nature, you know, Interesting. Like lions. Yeah, it's it's really cool. Yeah. Uh, so you can check out her stuff at the inner innermammalinstitute.org. She's amazing. Anyway, she was on my show, and we got around to how Gen X is super cynical. Okay, and I'm Gen X. Okay, so. And when she said that, I was like, she was reflecting back at me some cynicism that I had said said at her, and I, <laughs> so I couldn't deny it, you know. And, and I, I, you know, and I'd always considered myself a really upbeat, positive person, right? But in the background, I was thoroughly cynical. I I, I was totally drank the Kool Aid of the Gen X cynicism, <laughs> you know. So now I'm dealing with that, you know, because she just, you know, in, in the in three minutes laid out how awesome and positive the world is today. Yeah, and absolutely. For whatever reason, there's this meme right that's floating around of the you know how popular the show uh, Walking Dead is. Yes, it's hugely popular, right? It's it's insanely popular. I know. Well, I know why now. It's because it's like this manifestation or this like um, expression through the culture, through, you know, there's this big meme among the cynical Gen X that they just want everything to go away. (laughs) 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 They just want, you know, and the zombie apocalypse would be preferable than a shitty job in a cube, essentially. (laughs) Right. 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 And and now that I've been watching this show and we're up to season six and I'm still loving it, but I'm over it. I've gotten I really, really no longer want the zombies to come. <laughs> <laughs> and you, it's really bad if you watch it late at night because then you just you have messed up dreams and you're like, man. And then it just throws your whole day off the next day. <laughs> See, that's it's it's totally the opposite with me. All of the all of the gore and everything else. That's just funny to me. Because at some point in my uh, I, I in my zombie watching, I watch some of the behind the scenes stuff, right? You know how they have right, right. DVD extras and stuff, and they were showing how much fun they were having, shutting setting up the shot of some guy that had a small bit part, um, but really really wanted to get eaten by zombies. <laughs> <laughs> 
with all the you know the spaghetti coming out of his intestines. So, it was just so, so there's so disgusting. many extras. People yeah. like love being extras. Oh, they love it. Yeah. There's this thing I went. I do some of these. I haven't done them in a while. Uh, I do these like 5K races, like fun ones, like mud races and different things. You've oh, probably, right. you know, like, sure, sure. Like, tough, tough mudder and stuff like that. Yeah, those are awesome. Jumping, yeah. jumping over, uh, jumping over fire, all muddy. Yeah, carrying rocks. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, great. It's great the dress. best. Yeah. And yeah. it makes the best Facebook posts. Absolutely right. <laughs> there you go. So there's there's one of them that's it's it's like a zombie race, you know. Oh, I want to do that. It's I fun. Still yeah, do it's, that. it's hilarious. Is that more people sign up to be zombies than to be actual runners? Of course. Yeah. So you're I, trying. You know, any old buddy can just run. Who wants to yeah. run? I want to shamble. And they shamble. make it so they make it so unfair <laughs> sometimes. You know, like there's like these narrow paths and there's like 50 people and you have to try to like not let them grab your flags. And you're like, oh come on. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it is a zombie run, so it is you are run. fodder. <laughs> yeah. it definitely, yes, we are fodder, but it's it's fun. Those things are great. So did you did you actually camp out for that? No, they, they were close enough. It was uh, one's like right out, a little upstate New York, I think, and one was actually in Staten Island, you know, because I'm from Long Island. So okay. they were close enough. You know, I just did a quick drive, drive back. Okay. Yeah, I, w- I think I would like to do one if, if it were like a whole weekend, you know, where you get to... Maybe run twice or something. I think that yeah. would be awesome. You know what I recommend? Anybody, you, if, even if you just thought about it, and I, I probably won't do it again just because of the toll it took on my body, but it was just an amazing experience was running a marathon. That was unbelievable. Wow. You know, yeah. it's, it really destroys to, your body. It is. Do, if, if yeah, it's, 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 it's like a one-time thing to say you did it. Yeah, kind of and, it was, and, it, and just all the training was what really, it was amazing, you know, because you have to be so disciplined, you're running like yeah. there were some days it was like a 16 mile run on a Saturday. And I'm like, that's like five hours out of my day. <laughs> you know? Right, like, right. You have to like, find a new level day. of dedication. Yeah, know, but physically. what I found with all those running, you know, I haven't run, ran in a while, but that was where a lot of I did a lot of my thinking uh, through mm-hmm. college, and that's what mm-hmm. really helped. Mm-hmm. Doing that running was where I really was like, okay, and that's where I was evaluating, you know, about the business and audiology, and that's the, you know, so that really helped. But um, it wasn't something I guess that I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life. But right, right. Fun. I came close to doing a marathon. I did this really, really stupid thing to do for charity when I was in my 20s. Uh, I, w- I was in Japan, and it was my very first Air Force assignment. And they did this charity, air quotes, marathon, because it wasn't really a marathon. Right. Um, but what we did was there was like everybody had – you put together 12 man team and over the course of 24 hours i want to say yeah i think it was 24 hours you you camp out on the base track you know where hmm. you run laps so right. everybody had their tents and their snacks and barbecues right and so the way it was supposed to work was everybody it, it was a relay right so interesting yeah. yeah so you i didn't have to run the whole the whole distance, but it was like, um, you know, every so often, every 40 minutes or so, it was your turn to take the baton and run another mile. Right. Yeah. And, um, and then see the crappy thing was, was my teammates started, started dropping out. (laughs) (laughs) So you had to, did you have to pick up that? I did. We all had to pick up the slack. No bueno. No bueno. That's what I said. I was like, you weenies, you know, (laughs) anyway, <clears throat> yeah, you're right. It totally destroyed my body. I was like, I was thoroughly useless for at yeah. least a day or two. And I, I'm, I am no shame to admit, like when I was running it, like I did the New York City Marathon. So when I finished, well, the last like two miles, it was like crazy. Like my body, I don't know what it is, maybe from the endorphins, but 
I just remember like just crying, like excitement like, as I was running. Because I was like, this is incredible. <laughs> right, because it's almost over, right? Almost over and like, yeah. wow. Like, and I'm high-fiving. There were so many people on the streets just like high-fiving every all of us, you know. And I'm like, this is incredible. You know, then like, and then I passed the finish line and I stopped moving and I'm like, uh-oh. Right. My legs, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I think I went right into the, like the medic tent and they gave me like a packet of salt and, you know, some water. And yeah. I had to lay there for an hour. It was crazy, but yeah. it was fun. Actually, the uh, the PhD would have a lot to say about that because you just your body was in that in that fight or flight mode for so long. It was convinced oh, yeah. it was going to die. Absolutely. I so couldn't then, even go downstairs for like a month. It was crazy. Well, yeah, because you get that rush of, oh my God, I'm, I'm not dead. And that the, every, right. every sort of brain chemi- chemical that says this is good <laughs> is driving you to that. I can lay down now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of goal. That's, that's hilarious. I, I have you ever watched that show? Um, Bear Grylls running, with, oh, running wild gosh. with Bear Grylls. He's incredible. Yes. And that what's the other gentleman that, that he sets the cameras up himself. Yeah, that I can't remember that dude's name, but I know he what literally. You're it's funny. About. He'll like he'll set the camera up and then like walk away, like to leave. You know, like like he's walking out of this into the sunset. But yeah. then what's funny is like after the camera cuts, he's got to go back and get the camera. Right, <laughs> he's not he's really gotta, leaving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's crazy. He just has to walk far enough to get the shot and then uh, run back and get it. Yeah, crazy, crazy yeah, pants. Yeah. But whenever whenever Bear does one of those crazy things, you know, with uh, with a celebrity. And you can, you know, it's not always, but when you can see that the that the inexperienced person is literally clinging to the rope for life, you know. Yeah, he had like Jake Gyllenhaal, and he's like, Jake, right. jump in that lake, and then right. he like jumped in the lake, and it was like negative, who knows, temperature, and like, right. I'm like, wow, that's insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, whenever they hit the ground, then they're euphoric. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I want to. I want to go on an episode. We should try to figure out how we can get on there. Yeah, I think you have to be famous first. Ah, we got to. We got to get that. Yeah, work. there you go. Put it on your checklist. <laughs> be famous. <laughs> it's up. It's, it's up on the whiteboard. It's on the whiteboard with a little square next to it. Yeah, <laughs> right. Check mark. So let's talk a little bit of what what you talk about on your show. What what sort of different sorts of uh, aspects of of positivity do you like to get into? Sure. So when we say the word positivity, you know, it's not, it, it's important to, for people listening to not get the wrong idea that we're just saying, listen, you know, smile and just, you know, laugh when something it's not bad Stuart happens. Smiley crap. Right. Yeah. No unicorns and rainbows. It's not that. Right. It's really thinking more clearly, taking time to assess, you know, situations that happen in your life. So whether they're good or bad, so you can make the right decision, you know, because when we're thinking in a, in a mindset of negativity, doors close for us, you know, or right. doors open that we shouldn't be going down, uh, you know, patterns of thinking. And, and I think when we're more positive, we're open, we're just open to the world. Our heart is open to the world. And even like if we, we are in a tough spot, we're open to have other people help us through it, right. through whatever we're going through. So, you know, we're really talk. we talk about mindset. We talk about, um, Gratitude. Gratitude is a very important thing. Powerful stuff. Powerful. Yeah. Especially Powerful. It's huge. Yeah. So you remember where you came from and and uh and talking about paying it forward and all these things where, you know, if you are stuck in, in a in a place, you know, ways that you can quickly get out of that rut that you're in. And a really big one I always like to drive in for every episode is just the importance of mentorship because it's so important that, you know, you find somebody 
that it, it could be a person that you know personally in your life or even a virtual men- mentor like online. Just, you know, you may never meet the person, but you could be learning from them. You know, just like listening to this show, they may never meet you or may never meet myself. And, and they're listening and they're, you know, they may be listening while they're doing the laundry, but they're picking something up, a tip, a, a little nugget or something that they never thought of before. You know, and now, now they're veering. Now they're veering in their life by right. hearing that. Right, right. Yeah, a friend of mine and I, we were just talking yesterday about this, uh, this idea of positivity and how it's not Pollyanna. So, and, and what we got onto, it was like, because she started down the road of how she was so stoked about how she was being able to implement this concept of non-resistance in her life. Right. right? And she told this story about how she had lost a front tooth. You know, and it was yeah. just oh wow, thoroughly devastating. Yeah, I guess she had root canal when she was younger, and then she bit into something really hard, and basically the tooth was so decayed from the root canal gone wrong, the tooth just sort of like disappeared. It just oh right, man. it just turned to dust. Right, so now she's like you know spending all this time and money and effort and going to different dentists trying to get a new front tooth. And how she's implementing this whole strategy of just, you know, she calls it non-resistance. And I think you would call it just staying positive. Um, It's the same idea. It's like just because something crappy happens. I mean, first off, we said, feel what you feel. I mean, you know, that's a naturally crappy thing. And it's totally natural to feel crappy about it. Just... Then get on, you know, feel crappy yeah. about it. Give yourself, you know, a reasonable amount of time to be, uh, cr- feel crappy and then take a deep breath, sigh it out and move on and start planning your, uh, your, you know, what to do next. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's so important that you said that we're planning because that is too, it's preparation, you know, because we aren't immune, you know, to all these crazy things that happen in life. And, uh, I think when we're thinking more clearly, we're thinking positively, even in amidst, you know, trials, we can we can plan for the trials. We can be ready for them instead of just saying, "Oh, it's, the sky is falling and that's it," and that's all that happens. You know? Yeah, you're right. So, give us a, a story from your life where maybe, maybe before you were positive, can you remember a good example of when you just were in "Oh, woe is me," and uh, and kind of like to give the opposite example. Hmm. <laughs> Do you remember any? I'm, uh, I got, I have, let me think about that. Okay, uh, that's fine. Because hmm. I'm sure you've got plenty of stories where positivity worked out great. I know it's like when you're when you're so when you're thinking so much about a different direction. It's like that's what just takes over your life. You know, it's like sure, that's yeah, the stories of your life. Um, you know, maybe probably thinking back in high school. Okay. Uh, I went to a, a private high school, private Catholic school, mm-hmm. and it was it was fun. It was a great time. You know, I'm so grateful that I went. I'm so grateful that my parents sent me there. It was it was a great experience because it was so intimate, and uh, and it was cool because it was it, it got me out of my local town. You know, I I got I took a bus like a half hour and I went to this town area of Long Island I've never been to, and it was it really helped culture me a little bit more than just you know instead of just like the two mile radius in my my town. Right. So that kind of helped start me to see, oh, there is life outside of my town. <laughs> right, right. But, you know, in high school, um, I was always a very shy, shy kid. And uh, 
you know, it wasn't not just for, you know, meeting girls alone, but also for friends too. I was just very, you know, I had a good close group of friends, but there was times where I was just like, you know, I would go home and I would be upset and I'd be like, I, I didn't, you know, take that opportunity to, to jump on that sports team or something, or I didn't take that opportunity to just, you know, hang out with those guys. I always thought, oh, I'm not, you know, sometimes I'm not one of those cool kids or something, you know? Okay. And uh, it was just like that that pattern of like, I you know, I'm not good enough, feeling like I'm not good enough. And I don't know, I just, I guess as I got out of high school and I, I expanded my life and went to college and I just... It was a lot of self-reflection. I think I've, that's one thing I think that I have pretty down pat is I, you know, what you call it a God-given ability is that I, I was just always very reflective of, of my life. Okay. And, and, I, and I got, you know, through high school and through college, I became much more reflection, you know, I would, something would happen to me and I would, I would reflect upon it and it really just helped me connect and, and center myself. And I think I've always, to be honest, after high school, I've always just been a very calm person peaceful person you know we've we all have our days where we you know we get in arguments with somebody or um we're not happy about it and you know whether it's with our our fiance our spouse uh a friend a, a co-worker and it you know it's a short-term thing but usually once you reflect on it you're like okay and then you see the bigger picture i i guess i haven't really been in too many situations where i was so negatively drawn down and it, it just kept it was just a negative pattern and i was stuck in it for a very long time yeah, you know, I think that's the best you can do is, like, you can't, you know, all of a sudden become Vulcan, you know, and not express emotions at all. That's not what we're talking about, you know, and we've already said that. Um, but what we can get better at, I think, is is how quickly we we sort of, like, come back to ourselves. And even right. if we're right. in that, that that energy of being triggered, be it, you know, either somehow upset. Uh, let's go with anger. You know, I still catch myself. Um, it seems like it's always because we're driving and I'm with my wife and, and my brain gets overloaded. You know, that's, you know, even if I'm in the best mood ever, say I just had sex or something, you know, right, I'm still, right. it still doesn't matter. You know, I'm, I'm still, that's my danger zone. You know, that's where, you know, it, the smallest little stupid thing that has nothing to do with my wife will just set me off. Right. So it's almost like I know that that's my danger zone. So I kind of like try to take steps to mitigate me going off. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know, and, if, and just sitting here listening, I think, at being more reflective too about it, um, you know, if I'm really thinking about it hard and I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, what are times when I'm doing this? It's, I think for me, it's like, you know, what sometimes I get, I am so focused on doing things in life and then I'm, I'm so excited about it. You know, I, and it's good too. Sometimes you forget to eat, you know, when you're so excited about doing <laughs> stuff. Yeah. yeah. And that, and then like sleep and then you get to this pattern of sleep and, and for me, like sometimes I have this like over compulsive where like, I, I'm just like dragged down by doing so many things you're right and that's one of my i guess one of my things that i work on is is just kind of being more present in the moment and and reflecting and realizing that you know it things will get done in in time and process it, don't, it doesn't have to all get done right away um you know that that's one of my things you know that's it's a just good like, lesson yeah. yeah feeling like there's sometimes there's a lot going on and, and it's like oh we talked about it, the, the chaos of entrepreneurship you know and and just weeding through it and 
just knowing it's going to be okay. Just just take a breath. And even getting to bed earlier, I notice when I start staying up really late, you know, if I get into like a week or two, a pattern of that where I'm up really, really late, like thinking or like reading books on like self-help, you know, all this different stuff. Sure. That's where it gets my mind up and then I don't sleep well. So that's where I've been trying to flip recently is kind of doing more introspective type stuff earlier in the day. That's good. And yeah, it's kind of to start winding down by the end of the day. And, and actually, I, a gentleman that I follow, I think he's great. His name's Ty Lopez. He, he does this. He reads a book a day. And I've been really, I think that's amazing. I've been trying to, I, I've been aspiring to do that. But I've, I've been picking up a lot of books and going to the library and uh, reading a lot of the books that he reads too. And what I do now, and it's his recommendation, is I read a biography at night. Oh, nice. Instead of like, yeah, instead of like, because I like science fiction too. But mm-hmm. what I've been finding is I would like read a science fiction novel and then just have these insane dreams. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I wake up like kind of like like watching The Walking Dead, and I'm like, all right, you know, I'm, I, this isn't good. You know, yeah, if I'm waking yeah. up at not five the in best, the morning, not the best uh, book for sleep inducing. Yeah, yeah, especially if I want to like get out of bed at five a.m. and like meditate for a few minutes and start my day off right. So. Yeah, I started reading uh, biographies at night, and it and it, and it, he made the point that it gives you courage, and it does. You you know, you read these stories of somebody that you know their trials, their tribulations, and it gives you courage. And then you're like, oh, you know, I can get I can I get like through that. what I'm getting through today. So that's yeah. why I started doing it. It's been really uh, impactful. Just make sure their biography is about people you like. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yes. Well, like, like well, I'm reading uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's right now. Oh, it's, that's it's cool. It's so good. His book yeah. is huge, and it's really, uh, it's really interesting. Like learning about his life when he was back, you know, in his home country, and you know, during that really difficult time when he was born. So it's really interesting. He uh, he did a, a podcast on Tim Ferriss's podcast. It's amazing. Oh my! I'm gonna like run. You have to go check it out. It's the best. He is just so funny. <laughs> I don't know, it's Schwarzenegger. Yeah. And, you get know, to the chopper. Get to the chopper. Come here and kill me. <laughs> Andrea, come on. Ah. <laughs> California. Anyway, sorry. We can go on for hours talking like a Schwarzenegger. We could. <laughs> Good. We got to talk about the positivity. Ah. <laughs> I love you, Arnold. You you are a mentor to me. He's so. the best. It's, it's out of love. If you ever hear that, if you listen to this, I love you. There you go. There, yeah, like that's gonna happen. But uh, <laughs> I I'm with you definitely. That um, you know, diet and um, and sleep are huge. I think sleep maybe even more neglected than food. Yes, absolutely. Because it's I, you know I have you heard of Sean Stevenson? He's got this podcast called The Model Health Show, and he's like really d- dialed into that. Okay. No, I think I, I, I yeah, know one Sean so Stevenson, but this might be a different one. Yeah, it's it's so, and I think you know one of that, a big word that we should talk about is awareness. Yeah, it's aware awareness factor that we all have, and and it's you know I think so many of us are walking around with such a low awareness factor, and and that dials into everything into your social, into your finances, into love, into health, in your, your relationships. So it's everything. Yeah, like some, we can, you know, one person might be really dialed into their finances and like social, but then they're not taking care of their health, you know? Right. Or, right. you know, maybe their body is great, everything's excellent, but, you know, having some trouble with the bank account. So that's what the awareness I've been learning is like sleep is so important because, you know, you can eat all this great food, but during this, you know, sleep is when like your body is repairing itself and and you're giving it a chance to, to take the food, which is really information, and, and use it in the right way, you know, like whether it's rebuilding bone cells or hair cells or, you know, anything. Yeah. And I saw a TED Talk where there was a, a, I think he was a neuroscientist, but he was talking about how there's new evidence to suggest that when you sleep, uh, 
your brain is actually like flushing out toxins and it yes. can't do that when you're awake. Yes, so, absolutely. Yeah. Another, and, uh, go ahead. I was saying, and in like new knowledge, like that, you know, like we, if we're reading or we're going to school or we you know we're just trying to learn something new. When you go to sleep, your brain is going to really dial that in and kind of oh, yeah. like press it into your mind and, and hold on to it. And you're going to retain much better, you know, if you're getting good sleep. Yeah, you know, it's actually like a um, a different level of processing. And yes. I saw a bunch of videos about that and 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 how it relates to learning and uh, mental performance, all sorts of sports performance, any kind. You know, you can't do anything without your brain, so it's everything. <laughs> it's everything. Yeah, there you go. it's everything. Um, but specifically, like they would they would have somebody, you know, run experiments, right? Say like. I've never played uh, ping pong before. And that's that's a bad example, but let's say there's a, somebody out there that's never played ping pong, right? And then they have them, you know, take a, a play ping pong for you know ten or fifteen minutes, and then the next day they come back after having good sleep, they're way better. And if they have no sleep, there's no improvement. There's a big like uh, performance hit. They're they're worse. And if they've had some sleep, they're a little bit better, but not as good as quality sleep. So it's wow, like, interesting. yeah, it's like you, uh, your brain says, Oh, this is important. So we need to rehearse this, you know? And, yeah. and you're doing that without, you know, your, any conscious awareness. It's just happening in the background. Yeah. And even, you know, in my, it's optimizing in my, performance, it's opt- yeah, it's optimizing a performance. Um, yeah. in my field, you know, thinking of, of speech or speaking, uh, speech, thinking of hearing right you know there's studies i can't even really quote one right now but there's studies that have shown that you know when you're sleep when you're poor and you're sleep deprived uh, let me me rephrase that when you have poor sleep and you're sleep deprived your mind you know is the speech comprehension part of your brain really that that ability goes down temporarily so that's why you know students think by staying up later and cramming, especially college students, you know, cramming all this stuff in. It's the worst then, thing to do. It's the worst thing you can do because then you go to your class and you don't remember your comprehension level is so reduced. You don't remember anything the teacher tells you. It's the worst. And you know, you're. Yeah. I have a story. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really relate, but it's funny. <laughs> it kind of does. Okay, so. Both myself and a buddy of mine, right, were uh, going, you know how in, in when you're in high school, they send you to take a, a SAT, ACT? So yes. I showed up uh, to take my ACT, and I didn't really study. I wasn't really all that interested in, in the ACT at that moment. Um, I had already signed up to go to the Air Force, but I was also signed up to take this test. So I was like, I guess I got to show up. But anyway, <laughs> I did, you know, I, I did at least get, you know, sleep the night before. Okay. And I show up and I sit next to my buddy and he was still drunk. Uh-oh. <laughs> he was literally like stinking of whiskey. And I think he may have thrown up a little bit. And, a little bit. Yeah. And I sat right next to him. And I was so put off by him and just kind of like being drunkenly passed out next to me. He did better than me. (laughs) (laughs) And he was just like waking up and putting in random answers every once in a while, you know. And The universe always has ways of surprising us. uh, Leveling things off. I was so shocked and mad. Anyway, I thought that was funny. (laughs) Yeah, in every study there's always, uh, you know, 
There's always room for error, yeah. Right, yeah. I think I was just so disgusted that I, you know, it was like I was catching a whiff. I thought I was going to heave. Right, and then <laughs> and then the second degree of dis- disgust that that he did better than you. Yeah, that was the best. The multi multi level disgust. Right. So talk a little bit about uh, some of your uh, your mentors that you had that shaped your life. I, it sounds like uh, uh, one of your family members was a big mentor to you when you were younger. Yeah, absolutely. You know, with mentorship, it, it comes in many forms, and sometimes you don't even know it. Uh, so looking back, you know, retrospectively, I think there's been there's been so many people in my life that have mentored in one way or another. And, you know, I really like to start it off just in, in different ways, too. So really my grandparents, my grandparents gave me a real strong uh, foundation of faith. And, you know, for me, for uh, being a Catholic, so for faith, and that's really helped me get through a lot of tough times in my life. And, you know, thinking of my mother, my mother really has showed me really how to love, how to love somebody. And then, you know, I think of my dad. My dad is such a hard worker. Even today, he just works so many hours. He really puts it in. He really works really, really hard to provide for his family. And they always say, like, when, you know, it's a good indicator of, of how somebody really loves their kids is how much money, you know, how much their income every month they spend on their kids. And I know growing up, they always really took care of us more than they took care of themselves. And, wow. and yeah, and sewed into our lives. And I, and I would just thinking back of that, you know, even when money was tight, you know, making sure that we were provided for. And that just really, you know, it's nice when you ask these questions, when, you know, having me on and this being, you know, this is like my first podcast interview. It's wonderful. I'm so happy to be here. Right. And just having this opportunity to, to really reflect on that and talk about people in my life and how they've gotten me to different points. And I can go on and on and on how my brothers, you know, have helped me find my purpose in life. Uh, my yeah. best friend, Joe. Yeah, my best friend, Joe, he's, he's a Marine and, and he really taught me about loyalty. I've, I've known him since, uh, you know, we were infants. And uh, yeah, and my best friend, Rob, I, I brought him up before. He's a chiropractor and I've been a patient of his for a long time. And, you know, he's my business partner now and he showed me the ropes and helped me start a business. And That's so huge. Yeah. I think yeah. entrepreneurs come in pairs, you know. They, they come in pairs, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or more. Absolutely. So, you know, for anybody listening that's, that's like, I don't, I don't, how do I find a mentor? You may have one in your life already. You just don't, maybe you're, you're looking in the wrong spots. I mean, absolutely. If, if you're trying to do a certain thing in life, whether it's, you know, if you want to build an amazing body, you should go find a personal trainer and really work with a personal trainer, you know? Right. Uh, if you're looking to learn how to, to have more relaxation in yourself, maybe find somebody that really knows a thing or two about meditation. Right. Um, but you never know people in your life that, that, you know, people in your life that has been there from the start, have, uh, have been there from the start, they've been sewing into your life in, in one way or another. And you can, and, you know, in a way, they're, they're, they're your mentors. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, and I, I was going to say too, like, um, a lot of times when I was in the military, um, I had official and unofficial mentors, you know? Um, and when I look back at it, you know, maybe, you know, my mentor might be that it, like, it was like this wonderful combination of just enough nudge to push me out of my comfort zone to get me to do something I wouldn't do on my own and then support me you know, to do the right, thing. right, right. It's kind of yeah. like magic when it works. And if it doesn't when it work, works. yeah, when it doesn't work, it's just like, forget it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some, Absolutely. sometimes, you know, you can push people too hard, you know, you have to be just, just, you know, that, that sweet spot between totally impossible and, uh, a stretch. 
And a stretch, that's true. <laughs> yeah, and a stretch. There. Yep. <laughs> virtual mentors, too. I really... I just geek out in, in terms of all that personal growth stuff. I really love looking up courses and things online. And, you know, I love watching all the Tony Robbins stuff online. Um, I just, I mentioned the gentleman, Ty Lopez, before. He's awesome. He's really, really great. He uh, he reads a book a day and he's just such a smart guy. And I love listening to him talk. You know, when he'll do like an hour video and it's like he just stares at the camera the whole time and it looks like he's talking to you. And like, you could tell there's just so much knowledge in his head. He's not even, he, it's so well rehearsed. It's, you know, he's he's always dropping so many value bombs in terms of talking about the good life, you know, health, wealth, happiness, love. So it's, I think it's good having mentors that balance not only per people in, in person, you know, person and also somebody you can listen to that they, you know, you may not meet them, but you're, you're just consuming their material. Yeah. 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 You know, I have, uh, like untold amounts of respect to those people that can do that, that can just like pontificate for hours in front of a camera Oh, incredible, I, yeah. I could never, uh, well, I just feel really uncomfortable doing that. Now, talking to you or anybody, you know, for however long, that's fine. That that feels completely natural to me. Got no problem doing that. But talking to my, what feels like myself or a camera just feels weird. Right, that, and I, you know, during the course of this interview, I probably scratched my face like 10 times or... <laughs> You know, you know, like like rub my head or you know, yeah, you know, rub my knees or whatever. I'd probably have done so many different things. I don't yeah. even remember yeah, that yeah. I would just like watch the video and just start laughing. I'm like, I'm not going to put this out for the public. You yeah, know? you know, I played around with video for a little while, and there's there's all of those reasons plus many more. But the uh, the the processing uh, on the technical side of video is so much more intensive. It is, yeah, audio. and a lot more space too. You need a bigger server, and you need, uh, yeah, everything is just bigger and harder. You know? Yeah, I think it's gonna start. It's gonna move more in that direction, but I think it's just right now, it's just audio is such an easy it's medium for people easier. to consume. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. for people to consume, so it's uh, it's fun. Yeah, well, and the millennials are so different. You know, I know we're kind of on a tangent now, but like, I don't know where you're on on this on this thing on this spectrum. But like, for me, I, I'm not very all that interested in the five minute millennial video, you know, that's not, I, I'm just not interested in that, you know, I mean, I, when I'm working, I'm working, I don't want a five minute little cookie of distraction, you know, right. <laughs> I want to sit down and watch a show that lasts, you know, maybe 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour, something like that. Yeah, um, and it's, those it's are that, kind of that Twitter and, movement, you know. Right, right. How many character? How many characters is Twitter like? One hundred and forty-one. Yeah, think, or one hundred. Yeah, it's one hundred forty-one. Yeah, living life in one hundred and forty characters. Yes, I love Twitter, but to me, Twitter is a uh, robot robot promotion. That's what I like to call it. Yeah, yeah. you know what? I lo I love when my parents talk about Twitter. You know, it's, it just makes me laugh hearing like my dad. <laughs> I, it's, I, I love it. He makes me smile. He's like, ah, oh, I got that tweet. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you, tweet, you tweeted. It's great. <laughs> you know, it's, just, it's great. It's, uh, yeah. My but dad my, is like 70, sub, sub, so let's see, 77. And, uh, and he is kind of on the internet now. He's not really, but kind of. And, uh, and I set him up an email, a Gmail account the last time I was home in September and, uh, I email him every once in a while and, uh, you know, 
try to get him to like click on links and stuff. And it's he, great. He's using the computer. That's he's great. He's using the computer, but oh, it's, 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 yeah, it's rough yeah, it, because it's be like, tough, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's like, what, what are you doing? Oh, you're hitting the wrong mouse button. <laughs> <laughs> What's the yeah. F5 key? What are you talking about? Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like, wow, you know, to, to, have, to have such a blank slate, you know, from that. Some, and like, I, I, we forget like how quickly our brain is running. It's like, whoa, I got to stop because it's like so automatic for what we're doing because right. you're just so used to it. It's, yeah, it's just like breathing, you know, it's like. Yeah. <laughs> it's even like I was listening to somebody say he was like, think about how many times when you're typing and you look at and you're looking at the computer, you probably type, you know, how many times a day. And if you really think about it, what is the F5 key? Like, what does it do? What does, you know, command Q do? Like, you don't even. Most of us don't even know what our whole keyboard does, but yet we, yeah, that talking you're, about awareness, you're our doing awareness it all factor. The time, right. Yeah. We have such a low awareness factor of our keyboard. I just got a new laptop. It doesn't have function keys. Oh, that, that's not cool. It's not. <laughs> you want, you want the option at least. You want, you want to be able to use them yeah. if you need them. Yeah. Well, I tried to F5 the other day. I was like, what the hell? There's no Fs. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's it. They, they maybe became, maybe it is dinosaurs. That, maybe I have to hold FN and then hit the number. There's probably yeah. There's probably some there's like probably secret. some sort of secret thing that I need to figure out. They tried to clear up some real estate on the board. Well, yeah, all, they're all like pre-programmed like volume control and play and things like that instead of yeah. function keys, which works fine, you know, because that's kind of like what they were doing anyway. But yeah, they phased them out. Yeah, I guess so. Well, this has been awesome, dude. So let's yeah. talk a little bit more about what's going on with your podcast. So. Um, who you, who do you have set up for your launch? Oh, so many people. Um, let's see, actually, I will, I will give you the names. Uh, I don't have the order yet. Um, well, you gotta go. The order should be those with the highest number of Twitter followers. <laughs> <laughs> go tweets. first. Yes. Tweets, yes. My dad will start retweeting. Um, go. actually, well, you're in the lineup. Oh, cool. Uh, All right. Yeah, it's gonna be pretty cool. Um, I got a gentleman. His name is Mike Margolis. Uh, I don't know if you know Matthew McSpadden. He's in there. Okay. Uh, a real good friend of mine. He's uh, his name is Glenn Drews, and love him, love him so much. He's actually uh, a trumpet player on Broadway, so he's oh, wow. super cool. That's awesome. Yeah, and he, and he uh, he's been the trumpet player uh, for Sesame Street for like 17 years. Cool. That's yeah, amazing. So, so, <laughs> yeah. Any like crazy like horn noises you hear in the show like that's him behind the scenes doing that so it's pretty cool yes yes exactly yeah and uh yeah and he's he's doing uh chicago right now so he's a super cool guy and uh he's like "Ah, something about jazz guys they just they're so smooth they're cool super they know the def they they know the definition of cool yeah he's like oh you know i go fly fishing you know i go down the beach watch the sunrise and i do fly fishing i'm like that's the life man that's awesome they're like reincarnated zen masters yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I uh, another gentleman. His name's uh, Gavin. He's from the UK, and uh, Barry and Catherine Cohen. They're a couple, so they help other couples in business. So it's been fun. Yeah, and I got a whole you know ready shows ready to go, ready to start rolling. It's and, just and you uh, go seven, live so we, now. Uh, say it again. You go live on the sixth or the eighth? Eighth Monday, November eighth. Monday, November eighth. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, and and what's kind of fun is uh, so it's six interviews a week, and then on Sunday. My, actually, it's uh, he's a real close friend of mine. Wow, His you're going is, daily. Uh, daily, yeah, rocking the daily. Wow, dude, it's gonna be good. Yeah, <laughs> good for and, you. Uh, thank you. And uh, so the Sunday show's fun. It's gonna be more of a laid back. Uh, me and my friend Ted, we're gonna jump on, just have a you know 
casual conversation. And but what we're gonna do is we're gonna talk about the guests from the previous week, and we're ah. gonna kind of draw, yeah, draw common themes. Talking all positivity. Them. Yeah, talking <laughs> positivity. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, you it's know, like the after obviously the we'll week. be talking out into the ether in the beginning, but we're going to be uh, encouraging listeners to, to tune in also, and we're going to encourage listeners to email us and respond to us, and we'll, we'll, read, you know, we'll read some personal stories that anybody sends in, and we'll share that on the show. So Eventually, I think you could, you could even do live call-ins. I yeah, think. we could even try to do some live call-ins. That would be I great, too. I would love too. to do that. I think that would be a blast. Yeah, I think, well, there's a thing you can put on your website where they can just leave a voicemail. Yeah, yeah. And then you can drop that into your show. Yep. Yeah. You can do that. There's a plugin, I think, for WordPress. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah. We'll have to uh, email each other about that. That's, I I forget what it's called. But yeah, super. Yeah. Looking forward to it. And I'm going on, let's see, what's the first? uh, November 1st, I'm going on the Podcasters Cruise. Really? With John Lee Dumas? JLD. Whoa. That's going to be amazing. Yeah. It's going to be fun. So, uh, good for you. Yeah, so it's it's it's, it's fun because like, like the shows. Oh, it's gonna be a blast! But it's like we're talking about the the chaos of, of everything, you know. Too like I'm like gotta get make sure that you know you everything's perfect. You should go out and make sure you buy a Zoom recorder before you do that. You know. I know, and like do some some interviews around the right on the boat. I don't know if you have time to get it bought. Well, I don't. What's the Zoom? Do you need to carry a mic with you when you do that, or? Um, no, because the Zoom recorder has a built-in mic, so mm-hmm. you just need lots of batteries and a lot of SD cards. A lot of SD. Okay. Yeah, you could get it just, done. You know, are they? Uh, yeah, we'll have to talk more. A, yeah, about I, mine was only two hundred bucks. Oh, that's not bad. Okay, that's not bad at all. And and you know they're all going to have them. <laughs> right, right. I got to be ready. I got to be ready. Got to be ready. Yeah. So looking forward to that. And then yeah, once the show launches, I'm really excited to start connecting with people and uh, you know connecting to listeners and and just getting it out there. So it's thepositivityeffect.com. Did I get it right? Just positivity oh, effect. Positivity no, effect. Yeah. No yeah, the. Okay. No the. Yeah. I, I do that often. So sorry about that. Oh no, but it's funny. I, when I announced it, I'm like, "Welcome to the positivity effect." So <laughs> it's. Uh, I guess. Well, it's yeah, a, that's fine. You can say the positivity effect, but get the URL right. Right. I, I always. I always. Yeah. It's. It's a little. Little nuance. I guess. There you go. There you go. All right. Thanks, man. This has been. This has been great. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. All right. Talk to you later. Talk to you soon. Thanks for taking the time to ride along with us on another episode of Vroom Vroom Veer. For podcast info and show notes, be sure to head over to vvveer.com. That's triple V double E-R.com. Man, that's fun to say. And we'll catch up with you next time here on Vroom Vroom Veer.